With each new release, I feel like I have to ask myself if I'm comfortable going on the mad journey he's on. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to the fourth episode of Bass and Breaks, your favorite drum and bass podcast, or at least one of your favorites. I hope you like it, like us at least a little bit. Um, please, please give us a follow. Um, and yeah, this quote um, comes again from our lovely um, drum and bass Reddit server. And I welcome with me here, I'm Grand Sentence, I welcome with me here Hidden Aura, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, he's back with me on the microphone. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, what's up, lovely people? I'm very happy to be here. Obviously, I'm doing good, as always. Um, I'm going to quickly give a small recap of the last episode we did, which is now three weeks ago. Um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, which I obviously announced over on my Instagram. If you're not following, uh, go do so quickly. It's at DMB and at Grand Sentence on Instagram. Um, Please, we need updates, it. All updates and stuff are released there as well. So <laughs> it's easy to keep in touch with us um, due to all the channels being over there. So what did we talk about last episode? We obviously talked a great deal about COVID and our stance on vaccination and everything that that implies. Um, we talked about that for a very long time, that episode. We really went on a tangent last episode with everything and anything, really. Um, we talked about DIY microphone building, um, about how you can build a very professional microphone for cheap if you've got some technical skills. Um, we talked about audio gear a little bit. We talked about compression. Uh, that was the technical topic of last episode. And... Obviously, we talked about our favorite tunes of that time. I actually talked a bit about the label Abyssal Music. Once again, go check those guys out if you haven't done so. Since they are amazing. Episode. They've got some really good tunes and they've got a lot of upcoming cool stuff um, from what I've heard from them. So, uh, little, some, of, uh, some from you? Do you have something to tell us here? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's not me, but it's uh, some people I know there that's got some very cool stuff up and coming. So definitely yeah. go check them out. Yeah, they are. They are, they are quite awesome. Um, I, I think you got in touch with them. You met them in person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, met up with the labor, label owner uh, called Blanco. I met him in Brussels uh, two times now. I went to one of his little events that he hosts with uh, the Flatline crew in Brussels right before everything's got uh, locked down again, which is where we're at currently. He's genuinely a very nice dude. Um, he's a real giver. Like he's genuinely just a likable person in the way he is. He's got a very big eye for quality, so that's what I like. He's very, very nitpicky about little details in tracks, so that some people might see that as annoying, but it actually keeps his label stuff, the things he actually puts out under the label, very high quality, which is something I respect quite a lot. So, yeah, he's genuinely a good guy. I, I really like him. Yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges when you're running a label. Um, on one hand, you don't want to be too nitpicky as to not scare off artists and to like um, force them to make changes that they maybe don't even want to have in their tracks because that can be kind of dangerous as well. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to like um, publish low-quality stuff. 
Um, and maybe you still want to give an artist a chance that that's, uh, there's still some flaws in the mix down or something like that. I don't know, maybe the sub is too loud or something like that. Um, so of course, um, it's, it's better to tell the artist at that point and see if there's still the possibility of making a release. Um, and then the artist can decide, but it's like, it's a balancing act of, of labels also takes a lot of time. Um, if you give feedback yeah, to artists. Sure. Definitely. Um, personally, I do appreciate labels that take the time to give feedback a lot. Um, because yeah. there's a lot of labels that just either completely do not respond, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> like it's, it's honestly very discouraging as a smaller artist to just, you know, there's always that little bit of hope. Um, but especially if the label just says, fuck you and doesn't reply at all. Like it doesn't take that long to just reply and like, all right, it just no. doesn't fit the vibe of the label or <laughs> this or that, but just absolutely just not responding at all is something I, I really, that it really annoys me when the label does that. And that usually also means that I'm not sending any demos to that uh, label but, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I can, I can totally understand that. Um, it's, I can, I can understand the label owners who like work on a very tight time schedule. They, um, usually, uh, or a lot of the smaller labels, they can't sustain themselves just through their label work. So they're also working full time next to that and everything. I can understand all of that. Um, I can understand that it's tough. Um, but honestly, like you mentioned already from a, from a, um, artist perspective, it's extremely discouraging and it feels disrespectful borderline, you know, um, so I actually, I didn't plan this, but I want to give a big shout out to um, Differential here, um, the label Differential, um, run by by um, Dustkey and some other um, artists, Petrol, um, here, NA, NH, NHN, I think, um, um, Aka Niels um, is there. Um, all of them are awesome guys. They are giving, and they are, I've always given feedback to to the music that I sent them um, years ago already when my music was definitely not up to quality yet, um, <laughs> so I highly appreciate them. Um, they are doing they are doing a great job here, I think. And yeah, big shout out to all of you um, for doing such an amazing job and having such a high quality label as well. Yeah, like the labels that actually do take the time to give feedback. I know Blanco does this as well um, because I've sent him some stuff in the past, uh, even before I met him, obviously. And even then, like I was completely, I was no one to him. He didn't even know who I was. Uh, the only real connection that we had was he knows uh, the vocalist that did the vocals for Killjoy, but that project wasn't released yet um, when I sent him the, the tunes. And he was so respectful. He sent me like an entire list of things, of reasons why it didn't really fit with the music on his label. Uh, which I completely get because he, he actually liked the tunes, but it just didn't really fit within the, the catalog of his, uh, of his label, which I completely understand. Um, but it just feels so nice to have that little bit of feedback. It doesn't need to be much, just like one or two sentences is just enough for me. Um, but just give a general reason and something I can look out for for the future, like where did it go wrong or what is wrong with the music or, you know, that's stuff that you can take with you in your mind onto a next possible release and stuff that you look out for the next time you're actually making new tracks. Um, so yeah, it's very valuable as a music producer It's you can get a lot of new, well, points you have to watch out for really. Right. Um, absolutely agree. Do you think, um, 
label owners get a lot of shit from some artists when they reply. Uh, it's something that I could imagine personally. So in a situation, not from us, but um, in a situation where you decline an, an artist, um, I can imagine that some of them can become really bitchy, you know? I mean, just like I feel with all uh, things in life, there's always going to be bitches. <laughs> yeah, no, there's always, there's always multiple types of personalities out there. And some people are just naturally real cunts by themselves. <laughs> like, I hate to say... We're, we're speaking from experience, are, right? <laughs> yeah, like even in my own life, I can... If I just think about this for 10 seconds, I can name you an entire list of people that are actual cunts. And that's not because of some ulterior motive. No, they're just, they have a shit personality. And that's something that's so inherent to them that it will never change. Because I do believe that once you have developed a personality, once you get to that age of, I know your 20s, your personality is starting to be pretty much set in stone. You feel me? Oh God! So like, <laughs> save people, me! <laughs> like, I don't want to sound like depressing or anything, but people's personality doesn't change, and I've been confronted with that uh, pretty recently uh, over summer. Even though they may act like they changed deep down, they are still the same person, and that can be for good or for bad. Um, but in certain cases, especially like the one you you're talking about now. It, they just stay shitty and they think of themselves so highly even though their music might be absolute trash and it's at the <laughs> point where you get cocky as an artist and you're not grateful anymore to even have the chance uh, to get a label release i think is where you you know ethically start failing for me at least <laughs> Like I know that sounds uh, that sounds very drastic and dramatic, but I genuinely believe that the point where you start letting the fame get to you and you start <laughs> becoming cocky is where you fail as an artist, in my opinion. And there are so and many examples, like where people there don't. So there's, like, there's so many examples where people get cocky, but there's also so many examples that show that even when you are the best in the world at something, the single best person in the world at something. You don't need to become cocky. You don't need to be an asshole about it. You know, some people exactly. are so humble and so nice about it. You can be proud of your skills. Um, I don't think anybody will say something against that, but you don't need to become an asshole and think you're better than someone else Honestly, as a like, person. I think I kind of brought this up in a previous episode as well. <clears throat> when talking about music production, um, someone that is incredibly down to earth and humble uh, is Andromedic. Oh, I don't know uh, him, actually. He's a Belgian uh, drum and bass producer. He mainly makes dance floor drum and bass. Mm -hmm. Like he, Pretty much all his music uh, is released on Liquicity. Um, but the man is so incredibly down to earth. Um, anytime like, I, I ask him something, he just, it always, obviously not like on the spot, but it might take a couple of days, but it, like I always get to reply out of him. Like I've sent my music to him uh, for like feedback in the past. And I've literally gotten entire emails with technical details and things, what is wrong and how to fix those things, which as a, oh shit dogs, as a beginning music producer is so incredibly valuable. And like, I'm looking at his numbers right now. Man's got 300,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone. Um, so, I mean, he is a pretty big artist. I think he just played a show over in Paris yesterday or the day before. Um, 
but he's so incredibly friendly and so incredibly down to earth. And I really, really want to give that man a shout out because he genuinely deserves all of this. It's the episode of shoutouts, I think, that we're having here. Yeah, clearly. We're, it's, uh, we've just gone into December and obviously December and November, the end of the, the year, are months where we're thankful for a lot of things, or at least I am. I, I tend to be very thankful of, of a lot of people and things, events that happen uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, no, no, no. Practicing, practi uh, practicing gratitude is something that's uh, very, very healthy and can be, can be very um, good for you as a person. Um, but that's a whole, that's a whole other topic. That's a, that's a big topic we would dive in there. I want to, um, hook into what you said before that, like, after a certain age, your personality gets, um, yeah, kind of fixed. Um, you don't change that much anymore, at least not significantly, right? Um, there's actually an interesting study that, uh, also, um, confirms this. Um, and it's about music. Um, that after, And I'm not entirely sure, but like at the end of your 20s, somewhere around that time, um, mid to end 20s, is when you lock in your music taste scientifically. That's the point where you stop listening to new things and get um, or like experiencing new music, generally spoken, because studies are always generally spoken. There's always exceptions, right? Um, but you, you kind of lock in your, your taste and the music you're listening to And you don't really change anymore. So that's something I'm personally immensely afraid of, to be honest, because <laughs> I love searching for new music. I love um, new experiences. And I, I don't want to become a person that stops enjoying the new and, and unknown and only goes for the old classics, Yeah, to be honest. But I think um, that even though it's obviously a study is pretty broad, but you have to consider that a study is also based on averages, right? So it averages out the entire population. Exactly. Meaning that there might be, for an average of 50, there can be just as much people zero as people 100. You'll still get that average of 50. So I wouldn't really be too afraid of it because it's not like at the end of your 20s, overnight suddenly your music <laughs> discovery thing just like goes away it doesn't happen like that so it'll definitely be leading up to the end of your 20s that you'll either a discover that you're really more drawn towards the things you've already discovered which obviously is fine if that's what you want um or you just keep on going the way you're going already and i think it is somewhat true um that every person sort of minimizes or their broad vision gets a little bit smaller because if I see in the last couple of years how many different genres of music I've listened to and how much new music I've discovered, not just drum and bass, it's actually very, very surprising to be fair. Like I've listened a couple of years ago, I listened exclusively to drum and bass and dubstep. And then there was an entire phase where I didn't listen to any of that um, being 2016, 17 where it was based on house music. Mm -hmm. I've had a techno phase. I've had a, an emo rock phase. Uh, <laughs> now recently, uh, very recently, actually, I started listening to UK Drill, which normally I'm <laughs> really not a rap or a hip hop fan at all, but I just started listening to it. And 
your your musical taste can vary so broadly i think after a certain time it just starts to narrow down a bit more so i think mm-hmm. that's definitely a given that it's, it'll start to narrow down and you won't do these massive switches anymore but i think that for us especially as very musically inclined people um that will definitely continue to explore new and exciting things especially if we want to continue making new music you there's you always need to find new sources of inspiration if we want to continue being djs uh, as well if you want to grow in that regard we'll always need new music to play so i think those factors definitely help within the fact that we'll keep exploring new music and new artists and possibly some new genres as well. Definitely. And being conscious about these kinds of things also helps massively in counteracting them, right? So being aware that there might be the risk of, of um, becoming a bit more narrow-minded, let's call it like that, um, that does help a lot in counteracting it. Once you know about a problem, you can, you can deal with it more efficiently. Uh, you already mentioned your your change into UK drill. That's like that's super interesting. I didn't think that you would like that. I I also listen to UK drill, and I would I wanted to ask you actually, how how is your Spotify rap looking like? Because you're also a Spotify user, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, even though Spotify is treating its artists incredibly shitty, um, it is still just like a, a key of life, uh, like ease of life thing. It's so handy because literally everything is on there. And yeah, it's I use Spotify all the time. Uh, I do share an account with my dad. So my Spotify rap does look kind of wonky sometimes. <laughs> uh, but in total, we listen to just over 52,000 minutes, I think, in mm-hmm. uh, the last year, uh, which is quite a lot. Uh, obviously a lot of different genres with my dad listening to it as well. My main genres though, um, oddly enough, did not include any of his. So my top five, I think number one was obviously drum and bass. There was dubstep, there was melodic dubstep, there was techno, and there was, I can't remember the fifth one, to be honest. Uh, I think it was something, uh... I think it was. Oh yeah, I, I remember. That was sad rap. That was it. <laughs> that was that was literally what it was called. So like little people like or emotion. what? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, basically stuff like that. Um, I've got this um, playlist called emo shit. I think it's called uh, just because I I have a very hard time uh, falling asleep at night. Mm-hmm. I've had general insomnia since well for years at this point really. And I I tend to listen to music when going to sleep because it relaxes me and it actually allows me to fall asleep a lot faster. Say if I go to bed at 12, I could lay awake to 2 a.m., sometimes even later without anything uh, playing in the background. And when I listen to music, it actually allows me to fall asleep by 12.30 or 1, um, which is just an amazing difference for me. And that's something I really do every night is listen to music uh, when I go to bed. And these like, well, sad rap tunes usually, they're, they're hip-hoppy, they're very mellow, they're laid back. Like, I obviously won't go to sleep listening to rhythm or drum and bass. Because <laughs> that would just... <laughs> Some good old jump know, up. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't really make sense to me. So I like listening to these very laid back tunes. Um, it's the, so it's the adult man's... Uh, it's the adult man's... Um, storytelling before going to sleep you know uh, i guess 
yeah. a lot of us experience it as a child um, or some of us experience it as a child i certainly have um, um that my mom was reading books to me before i could read myself and jesus someone is cleaning his nose um <laughs> I have to mention that we're all camming at the same time, right? So we, I can see exactly what's happening. Fuck <laughs> and Hitten just cleans his nose sounding like an elephant. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck off. I want see, that I sample. Shut up, I shut off my mic for this out of respect and that man just fucking exposes me like this. This is unreal. <laughs> unreal, this guy. Unreal. And this is, uh, this is the feeling of life. I hope this is all staying in the cut at the end. <laughs> Obviously it is. <laughs> no, but back to back to my point. I want that sample, by the way. I will. I will make. A, I will make a base out of it. Um, it's, it's not on the recording because I muted my mic for the uh, for the thing as well. Oh, you you can mute your mic in. Oh, you muted it in your door for recording, and um, you didn't. No, mute no, it no. Away. I actually I have a, a little input gain fader on my audio interface where the mm -hmm. mic goes in. So I just turn that to zero, and then it doesn't pick up any sound. Oh, am I hearing you through a different mic right now? Uh, because because I I, would, I, I, I heard everything. Oh shit! Maybe my Discord settings are whack. Then let me see those actually. Um, That's why is I had this to different. Uh, yes, that now it sounds very different <laughs> to me. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, maybe I was talking through my uh, webcam mic then. Damn it! That sucks. <laughs> see, okay, so audio engineers at work. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let me just test my mic for. Uh, Adobe Audition now. Yeah, it's actually recording this mic. All right, that's good. All right. Yeah, Sorry, you were saying before you um, so rudely exposed me to our entire audience. Um, that's what we're doing. We're per we're up and personal here. Yeah, I was I was talking about um, this being the kind of the adult man's uh, way of like reliving reliving being told stories for falling asleep. I've as a child I've um, went on and listened to. Um, a lot of a lot of audiobooks and now I'm falling usually I'm falling asleep to some YouTube um, but sometimes I'm putting on music but there's always something running when falling yeah. asleep otherwise it's way more difficult for me at least yeah no same uh, like as I said I've been struggling with falling asleep for a couple of years now and it, there's something incredibly soothing to have something play in the background for me um I also, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, either just talking to you or um, on the podcast. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm personally very heavy um, against uh, taking sleeping meds um, to make you fall asleep because I feel like it's there's always a, a fear of addiction in the back of my mind, uh, especially to medication, because I've seen uh, a lot of crazy things, uh, both on raves and in uh, personal connections, of the damage that drugs can do to you. So this, that's something I'm personally very conscious of. Uh, I've seen it destroy countless lives and lives of families. So I, I do not want to have anything to do with anything addicting. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. <clears throat> I do occasionally drink, though. But that's also very occasionally, and uh, last time I've gotten actually drunk um, was like three years ago, I think. And after that, I made the conscious decision to never actually go that far again, mm -hmm. because at the end, it's just the next day you're sick, you're laying in bed, you can't do anything useful, you just feel miserable, and I don't need that anymore. 
so I've just made a conscious decision just to, if I feel like I'm drinking too much, stop it and go drink some water or some Coke or whatever, because it's just, there's no point to getting drunk in my eyes. It's just... How's the culture around that in Belgium? Because in Germany, when someone would say, yeah, I don't want to drink, their natural reaction would be, ah, come on, come on, one more drink. Yeah, it's, I think um, it really depends rather heavily on the people you're surrounded with. Uh, I definitely, I have a lot of different friend groups now. I'm both part of a youth organization as well that uh, organizes like very cool trips. Like I went canoeing um, to Sweden. Uh, we're going on a ski trip it's called Snowbreak in Andorra uh, in February. Is they're they're actually going out there building basically a small festival um, for a lot of youth to come there. We're obviously going there as crew, um, but those are all students. So there is a higher, like I'd say, drive uh, for drinking and mm -hmm. people drinking together. Like the other week, uh, we went on team building and it was just an event. It's a beer pong tournament. <laughs> and obviously I, I did the, the tournament I, I entered uh, just because it's always fun. But I love beer pong. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's fun. But if you look at the difference between those people, if you say, like, all right, I'm not going not gonna to drink or I'm going to stop drinking, there's always this thing like, oh, come on, already, like, what's wrong? But they're not overly pushy. And I personally do not know any people that are overly pushy towards that fact. Um, I also know some people that don't drink at all. And I know some people that drink a little bit too much, in my opinion. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but I also tend to stay away from the people that drink too much. Like, uh, personally at my university, our faculty, so the faculty of engineering, um, I'm not a part of them. I'm not a part of the faculty. Um, I do not go to the, the events. Uh, I'm not an official member, so to say, um, because I feel like, in my opinion, it's just a bunch of people getting together to get drunk. That's, in my opinion, literally all our faculty is. And I I find that very sad, to be honest. Um, that's something I don't want to be a part of. I find it just, yeah, I just find it sad for them that that is all they can have in life is to come together with people and just all get drunk. The scenes I've seen at my university when walking to cause at like eight in the morning, people just laying out in a field or hanging over a bush. It's just, I don't understand that at all. I literally don't. So I choose to not be a part of those situations. I, I enjoy drinking a beer or a nice glass of wine or a nice cocktail, but I never go overboard with it anymore because I just don't see the point in it. And just like that, I don't smoke and I don't do drugs either. I'm usually one of the only people at raves that is there completely sober <laughs> and not on any sort of uh, substance. But that's just how I am. I don't need that to, to party and to go hard. I can do that just on my own. So I prefer not to touch any of it. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. And I think uh, a point that we can definitely agree on is that knowing your limit isn't extremely important and um, knowing what the effect is on your body long-term, what you're doing. Because the tendency of people um, who start smoking, for example, and everything is that um, they tell themselves, yeah I, oh, yeah, I know it can cause cancer, but mm, 
it won't happen to me. That's the I th that's the general thought process. People making it easy on themselves, I guess. In that case, yeah. So um, know your limits um, with whatever you are doing, and that's the that's the crucial part of it. You don't need to pass out from alcohol. It's not fun. It's 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 actually not fun to pass out from alcohol. You are not having fun. Your friends are not having fun. Okay, it makes it maybe makes for like an interesting story or something like that, but you can make interesting stories with other stuff as well. So Exactly, exactly. I do also want to like add to my previous story. I do 100% respect the people that do choose to take uh, drugs at raves or festivals and that do smoke. Like if it makes you happy, go for it. Just like... I just find it important to know the long-term health effects, like you mentioned as well, it has on your body. And some of my best friends um, use substances from time to time. And I'll always be there looking out for them, like, say, we're at a rave. Like, I'll be rave dad. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'll keep them in check. I'll make sure they drink enough water. I'll I'll keep my eye on them. And I do that because I love them, Right. I wouldn't do that for any random. Like if you're standing next to me and like you're going down on the floor because you took something uh, or too much, like I don't give a shit. That's your own fault. But they're my very close friends and I love them. So for them, I will definitely gladly look out for them to make sure they stay safe and all right. And I'll also talk to them if I feel like they're actually going overboard. Whether they appreciate it or not, I'll always tell them like, all right, from my point of view, you're doing too much right now. You need to reevaluate your thoughts on what you're doing and think about why you're doing this much and if it's actually necessary. And yeah. I've, I've done that in the past and they don't always appreciate it on first note. Um, but after a while, when they have some time to think about it, they do realize that I do that because I love them and I care for them and not to be like, you know, annoying not, or yeah not to be not to be annoying or not to like make yourself seem superior or something like that exactly right? i've had that talk recently as well uh with one of my friends who in my opinion drinks a little bit too much and um i'm not sure i'm not sure if it changed anything but it was important for me to get it out of my system and to to talk about it also for myself because i don't i live on this policy where I try to make sure that I don't regret things that I'm doing. And yeah. I would definitely regret if I, if I wouldn't try to speak up about these kinds of topics. For sure. But yeah, I'm actually, I, I think I'm the, I'm the type of guy actually at the rave, even if a stranger passes out next to me or something like that, it's, I, I will, I will probably help. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't give them a cold shoulder. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> it's a German expression. I can't, I can't just ignore them. Um, I think mm -hmm. at that point I would just try to try to help out, even if I don't know them. And even though it's their fault and all of that, and I know I can't help everybody, but um, in a, like a, at this like situation of danger in that moment, it's, I think something where I would personally I think, help. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I just would turn the cold shoulder and just completely ignore the fact that something terrible has gone on next to me. Um, but I think personally for my own safety, I, I always uh, see everything, right? I'm a very, well, how, how do I actually say this properly? I, I tend to watch what's going on at all times. You're I'm alert. A very, 
I'm a very alert person. I want to know what my surroundings are and what could go wrong at any moment. So I'm always looking around. Not all always not all only on raves, but like everywhere I go in life, I just I've tried to see everything that goes on around me. I'm very aware of my surroundings. And I think that trying to figure out what type of drugs the person next to me has taken plays a great role in whether I help them if something goes wrong or not. Because obviously there's drugs that make you very friendly and mellow, like um, I think it's MDMA that makes you very lovey and ecstasy and all that stuff. But there's other drugs that make you really jacked up and aggressive, um, like cocaine and stuff. They actually make you physically aggressive. And if someone goes down or something because they took an overdose of cocaine, I will not help them because I can't properly defend myself against someone who's usually those are like pretty beefy guys as well uh, from what I see. And then being jacked up on cocaine is something I do not want to get involved with at all because they could easily punch me into the hospital as well. That's something I just don't want to get involved in. So if I see or if I have an idea of what drug you might have taken, that heavily, heavily influences my decision making on whether I will help you or not. Because sure, I care about people, uh, people's health, but I don't want to endanger myself by trying to help someone. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yes. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do either. Um, I, for example, I wouldn't do mouth to mouth to someone um, who may need it, but um, who is clearly, clearly on drugs. And and I don't know that person, right? Because I don't know what kind of diseases that person has and and what kind of health issues might result in there for me. That can be very heavy stuff as well, right? Um, at that point, I think like calling for authorities, like if someone really like can't can't deal with themselves anymore and they have no friends for whatever reason maybe because they're high on cocaine all the time <laughs> then um like getting the getting the authorities at the rave is something that i would consider um i, I find it difficult to lay to, to just let someone yeah be at risk on the floor there and if they can't get like if they get up of course it's not an issue um um, just 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 tripping is not a not a not a problem. But if someone passes out in the middle of a rave, I would probably try to like get some get some help if I can't help yeah, definitely. myself without I mean, risk. I would at least make sure that people don't step on said person. Like I definitely try and create yeah. room for them. You don't you don't always know what's happened. Like at least the the least thing you can do is just make people aware that something's gone wrong. Make some room for them so they have uh, room to breathe as well, which is very important. You don't want someone uh, that's passed out to be suffocated by the amount of people hanging over them. That's just basic uh, first aid. Or by throwing up, you know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then as more people get notified about what's going on, eventually it'll reach someone who can actually take care of it, um, in my opinion. Because obviously you have to look at your surroundings as well. Like I said, I'm very aware of my surroundings. It's a lot easier to go get help at a rave with 500 people than when you are in a filled out uh, arena like Sportpalace where Rampage goes on with 25,000 people. How's that There's called? No... Sportpalace? Sportpalace. <laughs> yeah, that's just the name of the venue. Um, <laughs> like it's it's basically mean sports big palace. Yeah, it, it does pretty much literally translate it into Dutch uh, sports palace. Ah, okay. Um, I was just trying to see if I can understand a little bit of Dutch here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that is the literal translation to Dutch from sports palace. But Rampage <laughs> usually draws anywhere from 25,000 to 
30,000 people. So right. getting from the middle of the crowd anywhere takes an incredibly long time, even getting drinks, um, which is why I love wearing cargo shorts, by the way, with a lot of pockets in them. Like, well, not shorts, but cargo pants. Like, You're the security's worst nightmare. <laughs> exactly. I, like, I, have, I have a pair of pants with six pockets. Uh, <laughs> And that's so incredibly handy because I can just stuff a lot of shit in there, like drinks. So I go to the bar, I get like two waters and a bottle of Coca-Cola and I can just stuff it all in my pants and keep raving. It's just with me, which is very handy. Um, that is such a genius life hack. <laughs> I think exactly, everyone should know about this. <laughs> exactly. Like I ordered a pair of techwear pants and they are cargo pants and they have six pockets and they have two the, the normal front pockets and then they have two pockets on the side of your leg either side so one upper mm -hmm. leg and one on your lower leg so you just have six pockets to stuff shit and then i also have my fanny pack on always so like i'm i'm geared out this this is why it's so handy for me especially like when i'm raved at as well like i can just stuff shit down there and it's very handy yeah that's 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 fantastic that's something that everyone should be aware of like and the best thing about <laughs> cargo pants it doesn't really matter if they get a bit dirty you know um, exactly. So it's 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 actually a win win win. Definitely, that's going on here. So, um, have you have you listened to the um, current value EP yet that was pushed out? No, I have not. I've been insanely busy over the last couple of weeks, so my head's not really been inside the scene apart from the people I personally talk to. Uh, oddly enough, mm -hmm. so I have not. But I'd love to hear your opinion on it if you have already listened. Yeah, I have. Um, I was actually wondering if you're a current value fan because I I know that you kind of like heavier stuff as well. Um, yeah, I definitely like like with most artists. I like some of his tunes, not all of them, but I do like some of his music. So yeah, I really need to check it out. Of course, yeah. And and the reason why I'm um, bringing this up now is because the the quote that I mentioned at the very beginning um, about the mad journey he is on he is current value. So that was a comment on the new current value EP. And I think it summarizes it quite well. So current value really keeps evolving and he's really on this mad journey. And it's it depends on you as a person if you want to follow it or not. Um, for me, it's it's on a technical perspective, of course, it's flawless. It's, it's really, really good. Um, I do like some of the songs of it, but I have to say for me personally, it's a bit too heavy now and it's a bit too packed and filled up with a lot of mid-range sounds and basses that switch from one place to the other and then there's another switch and 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 that's that gets a bit too much for me personally what i really adore is the way the drums are laid out they are often um, a bit different to what's the standard which i quite like and the sounds themselves are crisp and the progressions he made it possible to still have melodic elements in there even though he goes extremely heavy which i also appreciate but yeah overall for me mm, not something that i would buy on vinyl personally but something that you would buy on vinyl yeah something that i would buy on vinyl is um two lps that i actually bought on vinyl <laughs> and that, that i received see, last see week Hear these smooth transitions, people. This is how we roll. Just smooth are, into the next subject. Man, this is like even Linus Tactics can like <laughs> learn from these segues, you know? <laughs> 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 so, 
so yeah i bought i bought some vinyl i thought i might as well bring this up here um i i received it um i received the wonderful wonderful lp that is um hit a uh, li uh, oh, little spaces by newtone such a fantastic album i've been thinking about getting it for such a long time it's still money that i need to spend i'm a student it's not easy for me to justify um spendings outside of like food and toilet paper <laughs> and, um so i thought a long time about getting it now i i eventually got it and i haven't regretted it um it's the third final that i got myself in my life and um i love newton i love his sound and i really really love the lp almost every track of them is good and I like listening to it. The second one that I got is actually the uh, one that I talked about last episode, Simulations by Askel and Eleve, which I always hope I get their names pronounced right. And that one honestly surprised me even more on vinyl. That is because on the system that I listened to, it was a very, very good um, hi-fi system from my dad that he has. And um, he has he has monitor speakers, so they are quite clear in what they are what they are um, showing you. And I felt like the entire composition of Askel and Elere's album it was, yeah, perfect for listening at home at the same time as um, partying to it. And this is a this is a um, stretch that's extremely difficult to make. Something that I noticed when I, comp I directly compared it to Newton's album, of course, and something that I noticed there was really that um, Newton's stuff was almost too bass heavy for me at that point, which I had never experienced on headphones and on smaller systems before. But on these bigger monitors, midfield monitors, um, it seemed too bassy to me at some point. And I much more enjoyed um, simulations on this system. And that doesn't mean that I don't like Little Spaces anymore because it sounds awesome. And I don't regret getting it on vinyl because also there it sounds awesome. But funnily enough, um, between the two, I, in the end, actually preferred simulations um, personally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a little bit of a review about them. I'm going to probably post it on Instagram sometime these days. So if you want to know a little bit more in-depth about my opinion on these two um, very, very awesome LPs is, then, yeah, please follow um, and you, you can see it in, on Instagram there. But, yeah. That was my that was my little my little journey <laughs> into me buying vinyl. Ground sentence nice. buying a little bit of vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> An entire journey that was especially them. I listened to I listened to both of these albums for like six times or something um, in a few days. So every every second that I had that I didn't have to spend on like university or work, I basically spent on on listening in between, even if I only had time for like one side or something like that, three, four songs. Yeah, but that definitely means the fact that you are able to listen to it so often and still enjoy it so often means that it was a good, you know, a good thing to buy. Like 100%. you're actually enjoying it. So there's no, there's no doubt that it was very good for you to actually do the purchase because now you can actually enjoy it the way you intended to. 
Yeah, I love so there's it. There's no shame in it at all. No, 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 definitely not. That's not what I. That's that by no means what I want to say. I love both of the albums. I love having them on vinyl. Vinyl is amazing. Um, not only for having this like big plate there in their hand, um, and also for having these very, very beautifully designed covers. Um, the inside of the covers is also looking really, really nice. Um, on both of these albums, the the artwork is very great, very different from each other, but very great. And what's even cooler is that you can support the artists directly with this. And I really want to support artists where I can. And big shout out to Bandcamp, because Bandcamp is even more amazing than I thought it was. When you purchase vinyl on Bandcamp, apparently you are even also getting access to the digital version of it, which I hadn't known until this point. Um, so yeah, Bandcamp is, is cool. Bandcamp is crazy cool. Bandcamp is an amazing platform, especially to support the artists you like. As mentioned before, Spotify is doing some really dirty things at the moment. And a lot of artists are really turning in perspective against um, Spotify. But the big problem is Spotify is such a big mono monopoly on listeners that there, as an artist, you really have no other choice. If you, as an artist, make the conscious decision to not post your stuff on Spotify, you are easily losing 75 to 85% of people that might listen to your music. Um, yeah. Just because basically everyone is either on Spotify or Apple Music. And Apple Music um, is the second most uh, paying platform per stream, I think. Spotify is somewhere down at the bottom. It's, it's incredibly sad because the man uh, made about 3 billion US dollars this year. Um, making him richer than one of the most paid artists on Spotify, which is really sad in my opinion. Um, so yeah, if you want to support artists by all means, um, definitely go check out their band camp because they actually see that money in their pocket um, instead of in the pocket of Spotify. Um, What's the percentages on Bandcamp? How much does Bandcamp charge? I'm not 100% sure, um, but it's definitely a lot less than Spotify does. Um, I mean, Spotify basically pays out nothing. Um, yeah, exactly. Spotify pays out, like, I think uh, in the report that I read a couple of days ago, it said it was like four pounds or something per thousand streams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's 0 0.004 or something per stream. That's yeah, also the that's... number that I had in mind. That is absolutely nothing, right? Um, four par yeah. pounds per thousand streams. That's, I mean, that's just sad. <laughs> it's it's incredible. So even when you have when you see someone who has like millions, millions of yeah. streams on Spotify, that does not mean that person is rich because Spotify does not pay well. Um, exactly. Exactly, yeah. and especially for artists who are already having a tough time with gigs everywhere being cancelled and not being able to perform a lot of artists uh have have just had the need to go back take a step back from production to focus on a different job just because their income just completely disappeared because streaming services pay next to nothing uh which is very sad um it's a really big clusterfuck within the music community and this is why you should always try and support your artists as much as possible um, talking about local artists, um, 
two of my friends um, are doing bits right now. Um, one of my good friends from Germany as well, uh, just a couple of days ago, or is currently doing a uh, transition, uh, a rebrand, just like I did at the start of summer. His new name is uh, Voynich. If I pronounce that is correctly, Vo is it Voynich? Is it Voynich? I don't. I don't actually. I think know. it's Voynich uh, because he's obviously German, and that's uh, what I heard on the German radio as well. Um, so he actually played a set on actual German radio, a DJ set, an hour of drum and bass, and he did it incredibly well. I listened to it for like seventy-five percent because I w I had work until nine, and he started at like nine thirty, I think. Um, so I didn't get to catch all of it, but I think I was there for 75% of it. And he did amazing. I talked to him afterwards. He did not prepare in advance, so it was completely mixed on the spot. And I was absolutely shocked of how well he did and how well the set flowed uh, from tracks to other tracks. Uh, there was, well, the storyline is a big word, but the mixes were very cohesive and it did not make very sudden jumps in genre or tone or mood. So I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by the performance he did. He also played one of my tracks that released uh, a couple of weeks ago called Mystical, which obviously made me a very happy kiddo to hear my track played on live radio again. He's been played a couple of times on uh, UK radio, mostly in London. Um, and now it's been played on German radio as well, so that made me very happy. Uh, and another friend uh, called Offish, he played live for the first time. He played his first gig in the club, uh, which obviously congrats to both these wonderful artists uh, for making such big moves. Um, yeah, like he, he was a bit stressed out because it was the first time he played live in front of an audience. He had to play on a full CDJ setup for the first time, which is always a big step. I remember the first time I played on CDJs, it's... Is very daunting because there's the mixer is massive and there's so many more knobs than you have on your little controller. So, but from what I heard and the clips I saw, he did amazing as well. Uh, so I'm very happy for both these two and they definitely deserve a shout out. So if you got the time and you're willing to support some more artists, just go check out Voynich. That's V O Y N I C H and Offish, which is O F I S H. Yeah, and both of uh, them. Sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, both of them, both of them are amazing. Um, Voynich, Voynich, um, he is an amazing DJ. He has been spinning for such a long time, um, always supporting artists, buying a lot of vinyl as well himself. And he is just really, really good at, at the art of spinning. I can highly recommend, um, yeah, um, listening to his sets. And I can also highly recommend to listening to Offish guest mixes there's a lot of guest mixes out there now that he's done in the recent time and his um body of work you can really call it a body of work by now yeah um, that is his music is. lots of free um albums and <clears throat> yeah awesome guys both of them the reason why we why we mentioned them specifically here is because they are fantastic people and good friends and have been on this music journey with us for many years already so um big big shout out to them you are amazing and we are both very happy to have you as friends and um, colleagues let's call it colleagues <laughs> yeah but besides the fact that they are friends they are also extremely talented in my opinion 
Official's music is rather niche within drum and bass. He doesn't go for the sellout type of dance floor tracks. He's very deep and dark and atmospheric. But the the quality the man produces is just this insane to me. His mix down sounds incredibly clean always, and he's he's put up as Grant said most of his music um, on Bandcamp for free. Well, for free is a big way. It's basically pay what you want. So you can download it for free if that's what you want. But you can also choose to give him the the amount of money you want for the music. And that's something which I highly respect. Uh, he's not trying to make any money of it. Um, he's just doing it because he loves music. And that's very respectable, in my opinion. And he's just great at it as well. Yeah, we um, he's he's awesome. He definitely uh, don't want to don't want to make it seem like we only t talk about them because they are our friends. Um, they are our friends and they are amazing artists at the same time. Definitely. Exactly. Speaking of amazing artists, um, Hospital Records has a lot of amazing artists, which perfectly segues into something that I briefly wanted to talk about, and that's the Forza Horizon 5 soundtrack. I don't know if you ever played Forza. I haven't. Me neither, personally. I was more of a Gran Turismo type of guy. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. I was. I, I grew up with Need for Speed, you know, Most Wanted 2 and shit like that. Um, that was that was my stuff that I really loved. But the soundtrack that Hospital has put out for the Forza Horizon 4 um, was amazing already. And now it's um, five their follow-up, which um, I was very, very much looking forward for. Uh, too, um, because the one for the um, fourth series of the game was so good. And I've not been disappointed. I haven't listened to everything in full length and, and detail yet because the um, album is very, very big now. But there's a lot of, lot of great songs on there. Um, a lot of great artists. There's Newton on there. There's Urban Dawn on there. A lot of the um, Dex is on there. Um, a lot of great artists. One artist that I was sadly missing... Um, was the um, Polaris. Polaris was on the fourth one, and he made one of my favorite tracks of all time then, um, which is Lessons Learned. And yeah, I was, I was dearly missing Polaris here. I wish, um, or I had hoped that he would, he would come there again. But overall, um, very, very great sound. And um, something that I would like to like to play a little snippet of later into this episode. Um, but before I get into that, I would like to give a huge shout out to someone who deserves shout outs more than anyone. Um, and that is Hidden Aura. <laughs> Because you know. we've, we've been wanting to talk about this for such a long time. And then first we couldn't because it wasn't public yet. Um, then we kind of, I think, forgot about it in the last episode um, or we didn't have enough time. But this man has finally, finally, finally debuted. Um, it was long overdue um, with a fantastic single, um, two songs, um, Mystical and Killjoy, on Midnight Sun Recordings, an amazing Finnish uh, label, high-quality And it's more than deserved. He was played by so many people. He um, on the radio, and honestly, um, actually, actually, I I should have picked you as the underrated artist of this episode because <laughs> oh, man, you still you still deserve much more than you're doing than you're getting right now. And this is 
Um, I can't put into words how happy I am for you and how fantastic the step is. And yeah, the <laughs> big ups to you. Big ups to you. Go, go follow Hidden um, on socials, mainly on Instagram. Um, that's the place to get him. And listen to Mystical and Killjoy. Killjoy featuring March because they are just fantastic songs. Wow, thank you so much, man. That that really means the world to me. You're gonna make me cry out here. Um, <clears throat> no, I exactly. I released um, my first single on a label. I think it was three weeks ago. Now it was or coming up to a month, just under. I think it was the eighth of uh, November. They released. Yeah, November eighth is when they released. So just under a month ago, and I'm obviously still extremely proud of that achievement i've been uh, making music for five years as mentioned before and i personally still believe that making my transition into hidden aura earlier this um summer was the best move i could have possibly made um for my musical career if you want to call it that um just the starting off with a blank slate and focusing primarily on quality uh, over quantity was a big step for me um, because I've always made a lot of different things. I've mentioned this, I started out in-house, I've made melodic dubstep, then I moved on to drum and bass. Um, I've been exploring music for so long, and I've finally found the music that I actually want to make. And so being able to sort of close off that chapter of exploration on different types of music and finally focusing on a main one, um, has made me so happy and it's been my driving force uh, throughout the entire summer as i said i changed alias at the start of august i think is when i announced uh, the the change and i just wiped everything i wiped my or i completely restarted all my social media things i completely started fresh like a new artist so to say and i released i released my first single uh, system malfunction in September, early September. And so it's incredibly amazing to see how much support I've gotten um, since then in just under three months, basically, because we're only December now. The amount of people that have listened to my music and the amount of amazing words that I've received over three months of time have literally like warmed my heart so much. And then finally securing that label debut has just meant the world to me. Um, those tracks took so long and I put so much effort into both of them. I, I still vividly remember the day I, I got the, the response back from Midnight Sun Recordings that they take my, my tracks. I still remember, I laid in my, I was literally crying in my bed um, because it was just so overwhelming. I've had so many emotions during summer and then finally being able to do something what feels like useful to me with music is just it's just the best feeling in the world um and it still makes me very emotional just thinking about uh all the the, the emotions i felt then and every time people just tell me that they love my music and they listen to it regularly just it makes me feel so special and that's something i've not felt in a very long time so that's it's insane to me i've I've just been on this amazing roller coaster of emotions with this and I can't thank everyone enough and obviously thank you for 
listening to my music and the biggest thank you to Grand Sentence for always being there for me, for giving me feedback, from helping me learn new things, for listening to my tunes and giving his opinion, for supporting me everywhere. I, I really fucking adore you, man. And I'm so happy we can do this together. So big thank you. Yeah, I love I love being friends with you. There's so much there's so much we can learn from one another. Um, so many things, so many things that you show me as well. Um, so many times you pointed out things in in, in my work in progress um, where uh, that I hadn't noticed uh, myself. And yeah, it's fan it's it's awesome that we can that we can do this podcast together and that we can yeah that we For met sure. each other um, over such a big distance. And For real, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's really it's really amazing. cool. <laughs> Especially if I look at like, um, so it was released just under a month ago. I'm now currently sitting at uh, 417 streams on the single. Um, Killjoy is at 199 and Mystical surpassed the 200 uh, a couple of days ago. Those numbers are, they're not anything completely amazing. It's only 417 streams, but to have that within a month to me is so incredibly unbelievable i still struggle to actually believe that this is going on especially like as you said all the the support i've received with my music being played out by big djs i'm thinking about benny v who played my music on london radio there was uh, inside man music who played my music uh, on another london radio station there was um Obviously, DJ Voynich, who played it in Germany on the radio, uh, it's, it's been played on, it's been featured in YouTube mixes as well by the man from Del Monte. Like, it was the third track and that, that video has like over 10,000 listens, which just, I cannot wrap my head around so many people having heard my music. It's just, I just can't understand it if I look where I was a year ago and where I am at now. I'm so incredibly excited for 2022 and I've met so many amazing people since this summer. So definitely stay tuned because there's so much stuff coming up next year that, that you won't believe, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I have, I have a, a few little information about that, but uh, I don't think we can talk about that right now. Um, what's coming next year? Um, or maybe even this year? Who knows? Um, who knows? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm so incredibly also proud of you as a friend, um, that you've, that you've grown so much and that you've, that you've made the jump because the jump from not, not having label releases to having label releases is such a difficult one. It's the most difficult jump I think to make in the, in the music industry as an artist. And, um, it's like you mentioned, it's, it's so hard to imagine how, that so many people are listening to, to your music and to our music. And, um, that's for me at least. And I think for you as well, the, the dream of the small artist is not to make money out of this, um, or like become rich, you know, but the exactly. dream is to, to share it with the people and to like have people enjoy what you're doing. And I think, I think that's, that we managed now and it's pretty cool. And I'm super excited to see where your journey is going in the next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what rolls out, um, especially when events start popping back. There might be some opportunities that present themselves there as well. And 
also just music wise i'm extremely excited to see what tracks might be released soon from both of us um because there's definitely some some very good shit coming up and that's something i can promise you guys for sure um we'll i love definitely being secretive maybe talk a <laughs> bit more about that in some of the upcoming episodes um but for now i think it might be a good time to to move on to some up and coming artists yeah i was about to ask you do you still want to do the up and coming and favorite track um yes, because we are already sure. recording for an hour but i would also say so yeah we can we can give that to Definitely. our followers right after last exactly. last week didn't work out um we can we can we can give that to our followers for sure cool um so yeah, um, I, I actually, I, I, I'm immediately disrupting <laughs> the format. Um, so I want to um, give the give the up and coming overexposed um, to someone who does not make um, drum and bass music usually, um, but producing is just a side hobby of him. Um, what he's actually doing and what he's really, really good at is designing um, and uh, 3D renders in Blender. And um, I think... He, I think he only has like 400 to 500 followers on Instagram, but I think his art is really, really cool, um, worth being seen much more than it is. Um, he's a great guy. Um, got to, got to meet in him a bit more and talk to him a bit more recently. So, um, his name on Instagram is Toxic Tuba. And I highly recommend giving him a follow. You can also find his Instagram name in the show notes. Yeah, uh, like as you said, we've talked to him recently uh, for a bit and he's genuinely also just a very nice guy. Um, so I think he genuinely deserves some more attention. His renders are very, very cool as well. Very trippy. So yeah, he makes these very original designs and his 3D renders have this. It's it's a very hyper-realistic style, um, especially if you look at like the the, the scenery he makes. It's just like you would be there in real life just because it's so realistic. Um, it's not something incredibly alien-like and artsy, even though there are these these assets that he uses that transport you to a different world, but there's this connection to the real world with very high-definition grass and plants that makes it feel so real, which is something that I'm a big fan of personally. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, give him a little follow. Give him some love from us on Instagram, toxic tuba. I'm wondering what is your, what is your up and coming slash overexposed? <clears throat> so once again, uh, we're not doing overexposed this episode, um, <laughs> because I feel like it's so much more empowering for me to give a little shout out to some up and coming artists. Um, they could use it a lot more than give extra attention to people that already have too much in our opinion. Um, but the artist I chose for today's episode is Hyperlinks. He is Oh, who is that uh, guy? I never heard of him before. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperlinks is a uh, producer from Canada who makes obviously drum and bass. Uh, and you've heard him every episode so far because he is the man who made the tune that we use in our intro. We contacted him about that and he was so kind as to let us use his music for our intro every single episode. Uh, but I've been talking to him a little more recently and he's been sharing some of his music with me and I genuinely really look up to him because I feel like the tunes he makes is are just very high quality. They're 
they're very distinct to me. I've not heard tunes like it. It's a bit of a combination between like deep and neuro-ish type stuff. And the mixdowns all sound so very clean. And I, like I said, I genuinely look up to how he makes music and how well he does it. Um, he's currently only got 2,300 followers uh, on his SoundCloud. And I feel like that's just not enough. So I definitely wanted to give him a little shout out and obviously show you a tune that he's uh, just released over on Sinful Maze. Uh, it's called Ego Death, and I really like the tune, so I'll play you guys a little snippet of that right now. This is Hyperlink's Ego Death, released on Sinful Maze. So yeah, as you can clearly hear, it's, it's a pretty heavy track, um, but the mixdown sounds very clean. Like I personally struggle quite a lot with getting my basses to sound very clean, uh, but very punchy at the same time. And I feel like the man does this incredibly well. Um, so I love I'm the definitely... little details in there that he, exactly. that he added. I like this 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 type of drum and bass with like very stabby bass lines, but there's enough going in the background and little glitches and little ear catching details, as you say, uh, to keep it interesting. And I'm I'm really a big fan of this track called Ego Death. I've listened to it a couple of times already, and I'm I'm genuinely a big fan of it. Um, so I definitely suggest you guys go check out Hyperlinks uh, on his socials, his uh, SoundCloud. Is just soundcloud.com slash hyperlinks music um, from Victoria, Canada, a an incredible producer in my opinion. So definitely go check him out because he deserves more acknowledgement for the tracks he makes because they're absolutely amazing. And as always, you can find his name in the show notes that we are adding to each episode. Yeah, that's uh, that's so amazing. I really love the love the small um, breaks in there. It's very refreshing sound. Um, it's very different from the um, favorite track that I have at the moment, um, which is not as neuro. It's more vibey. I've already teasered it a little bit. It's part of the Forza Horizon Five soundtrack from Hospital, and it's the song. Um, Unwritten by Dex, um, an amazing artist um, that I really, really adore. Um, also a great vocalist, if I remember it correctly. So he's he's awesome. And this track is just a pure viber and you can really... It's one for those late nights on the road. Um, so here yeah, is... Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. That's the smooth liquid type of style, very vibey. That's definitely what I'd listen to driving home from a rave uh, because obviously after being in jump up sounds all night i don't think i, I want to drive home to that i want to kind of you know dial down the energy so i can get a bit relaxed before i actually go to bed because i want to get asleep as fast as possible when i drive back home from a rave so these type of liquid tracks are just amazing for that yeah so um without further ado here's dex with unwritten
Oh, I wow. love it. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Beggs is such an amazing artist, man. Honestly. These, these lovely, like, analog sounding yeah. arps and soundscapes that he's creating there. It's yes, that's, nice I wanted way. to say the exact same thing. He, he's able to create this very ethereal feeling in all of his tracks, I feel like. They all sound so heavenly and bright. It's so amazing. He does a lot of cool things with panning as well. Like every time I listen to his tracks, I can hear like little things span all over the place, which I'm a big fan of because he uses the stereo space that he's got. And yeah, it all sounds so clean as well. The little like arps that are panning up there, the little arp that goes up, it's just, it feels so happy to me. It really feels happy to me. Yeah, it's pure, pure vibe. I love it so much as well. What's your favorite track? What's your favorite track this week? So uh, I've, recently discovered this track um thanks to spotify just randomly shuffling music while playing call of duty um it's inertia by guest um if that's how you pronounce the name is g-e-s-t um i don't know much about this producer i, I still have to look up this catalog but as i said like i've been incredibly busy so i've not really had the time to do this but this track really caught my ear when i was playing it's sort of a a mix of deep drum and bass and a bit of neuro style, but like with acid basses in there, which uh, obviously we know by now, um, Offender by Dimension with a very classic acid bass in there. Um, but this really caught me off guard because I didn't expect it this, um, you know, this, this track to slap so much. Um, because personally, I'm not that big of a fan of Offender. Um, because I've grown away from the very dance flowy drum and bass. But this track really caught my ear and I had to stop playing and re-listen to the entire track in full just because I was so fascinated by it. Uh, so this is Inertia by Guest. So like uh, the baseline in this is so captivating to me. It's insane. It's like this very deep baseline, very sub heavy. And then the, the high end acid bases over top just absolutely made this such a banger to me. Yeah, this is awesome. This is really combining different styles together. Like these really yeah. heavy, deep drum and bass, um, um, bases that you just mentioned together with the, with the acid elements in there yeah. and everything, um, which kind of disrupt the the clean just bass and drums setup that he had yeah going there. exactly like it it surprises you and i really love artists that combine these different subgenres together or the, or that take influence from completely other genres which is also why i like the music hyperlinks put out because to me personally it feels like a breath of fresh air in between a lot of artists that make the relatively same style of music all the time. Um, I absolutely Which is something agree. I personally want to try and do in my music as well, is to try and obviously make accessible music for people to listen to, but giving them like a little bit of my own spin, you know, make them 
sound distinct and not like all the rest. And that's something I've been working on pretty heavily for the last couple of months and weeks, especially to try and take projects that I have and kind of make them my own and make them sound something that I would have made, you know, because they sound so distinct or they have certain distinct elements from the rest of the either deep or liquid drum based catalog. If you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely, I do. And it's something that um, someone recently said to me as well. Um, where when I when I asked about like their their um, thought process in making their music, <clears throat> it's that they don't want to um, just do it, make it a sound design um, contest or something similar like that. Just like just like a track that's just about like creating sounds and then just laying them out. But it's also supposed to be a journey and um, an arrangement and actually a song, you know, because sometimes drum and bass music doesn't feel like songs. It feels like tracks um, and having like a proper arrangement and something interesting and something that's just for like special, special to you, a certain sound, a certain arrangement trick, something that's just hidden aura. There's something that's just ground sentence, yeah. you know, something that's just hyperlinks. Um, that helps massively. So branding yourself kind of in your music as well and being innovative yeah. and adding something to the table other than just copying, like, I don't know. Existing yeah, music. Yeah. yeah. Just becoming like the, the 10,000th, like noisia copy, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I feel like artists that take the time to kind of tell a story with their music also receive a very special type of respect for me because it's obviously a lot easier when you've got vocals on a track um like for example like within killjoy there's a clear story which is laid out in the the lyrics of the tune and if you're able to create that type of music and that type of story within your music i think it's so much more special for listeners to listen to because even though they can enjoy the music on its own they can, after listening to it for a while, they can start to unravel the story behind it, so to say. And there's that's something that I personally do. I'm not one to listen to story when I just discover new tracks and that just flies completely over my head. But when I've been listening to tunes for a while, I start to pay a lot of attention to detail. And when there's lyrics actually telling a story, that's things that I notice immediately. And that makes me like the track just so much more. Um, so that's definitely something I try to aim for as well to do, even if there's not vocals, which most of the time there isn't um, in my music. But I definitely try and tell a story, which is something I focused on pretty heavily with System Malfunction, which was the first track I put out under um, this alias of Hidnora, this project. Um, so I wanted to my first project to be very storytelling. And so I put a lot of time and effort into that with all the little vocal things in there. Um, and I personally feel like that worked out pretty well uh, for that certain song. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's very important to me ever since I'm creating music is that I'm not just creating music for the sake of creating music or something to dance to or something like that, but um, to, tell a, to tell a story and to create a certain emotion and a certain feeling that's crucial for me to make a good song a great song. You can make good songs that don't tell a story, but the great ones are 
both at the same time technically and, and everything um, well done. And they're innovative um, and um, they also tell a story and something, take their listener yeah, on this journey. That's, that's what's very important for me. That's something that I can see in a lot of liquid DNB, for example, which is why I like yeah, it so much. I think that's also like the big divide between um, people who make electronic music and songwriters, for example, who make um, instrumental music, like just with guitars and pianos, they, they always put a story in their music. And when you make electronic music, the story often gets let out. And I, that's not necessarily a bad thing because personally I do often enjoy like very like heavy techno beats without any type of music and all just pure vibes and darkness and all that stuff. But it just adds something very special when there is a story and when you can figure out that story as a listener, it's just a whole different experience to music to me. Yeah, that's actually a topic that I would like to talk in depth about with you next week if you want as well um this kind of like Absolutely. stretch between songwriting and and dance music music yeah. because i think that's that's a big topic i think it's a bit too much for for talking about it right now i could probably talk yeah. an hour about it but um i find it super super interesting and um, it is i would love to hear your opinion on that as well for sure cool i think that it's best that we round off this episode now then, since we're already talking for almost an hour and a half, which oh, is, Jesus. <laughs> we're, we're just uh, over one hour and 20 minutes now. So I think this is a good time to actually start rounding off the episode. There's one more thing that I would like to do with it. That's the, before we forget it again, uh, we need to come up with a name for our episode. Um, right. Yeah. I, th I thought a little bit while we were talking about that. I kind of I, like I could imagine something with shout outs or something like that because we gave so many shout outs today. Let's have a little recap of the shout outs for today. <laughs> we had differential music uh, and all the label owners out there. Abyssal. We have had Abyssal music. We've had DJ Voynich. Uh, we've had Offish. Hyperlinks. We've had Hyperlinks. <laughs> we've had me. <laughs> We've had you. We've had everyone that listens to our podcast. We had Degs. We had Degs. We had Askel and Elere. We had Newton because I talked about their albums as well. Um, we had uh, here um, uh, Current Value. We talked about him as well. There's a lot of shoutouts. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's that's pretty insane. Yeah, that's twelve. Damn. Should we just so, call yeah, it twelve shoutouts? <laughs> We should definitely do something with shoutouts, like shoutouts galore or something. <laughs> yeah, let's. So definitely something with shoutouts. Yeah, like like the the dozens of of shoutouts or something like that. I don't know. A dozen shoutouts sound very nice to me. Okay, let's let's roll with that one then. <laughs> Based and breaks episode for a dozen shoutouts. You heard it here we first. We want to thank you all very much for being here in this uh, wonderful extra long episode. Uh, I also want to sincerely apologize that we had to miss a week. We just ran into some planning troubles. Um, we were both very busy last couple of weeks. And so obviously from time to time, something like that might arise. And um, yeah, this obviously we try and recuperate some of that with giving you guys the episode just one week uh, later. So that's this week. We also did give you guys a longer episode. So we hope you still enjoy our 
podcast we are ever so thankful for you guys tuning in and sharing your lovely comments with us we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten so far and there are some very cool things on the horizon for based and breaks uh, that might be coming up soon different type of topics and maybe some different guests perhaps so definitely stay tuned for those definitely stay safe out there as well uh, as i said we love each and every single one of you guys and we're so happy that you tune in every other week you'll get an episode obviously the one you're listening to right now and then you'll get another episode next week and from then on we'll be back to the regular bi-weekly schedule we hope to see you in all the future episodes as well. My name is Nora, and I'm out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>